Oh man, happy Friday, CNG. What's going on out there? This your boy G Walker, one half of the CNG podcast, and you know who on my other side. Talk to the people, dog. Man, you already know it's CJ. How y'all doing on this beautiful Friday? Hope you guys are doing well. All right. Hey, we got a special guest with us today, man. This guy is 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 very good at what he does, man. It's an honor and a privilege to have him on our show today. You know, he's uh he's a very active in the Bulls atmosphere, man. He's uh he's the CEO of uh, Chicago Bulls Central. I mean, you can catch him on YouTube. You know, he's uh he's in one of the groups of Chicago Bulls fan club. It's my man C Hayes right here, man. C Hayes, man. Go ahead and talk to the people. Introduce yourself for before we get cracking, bro. What's good? I'm CEO Hayes and just Hayes, whatever is easier. Host of Chicago Bulls, Chicago Bears Central, Chicago Sky Central. Listen, if this is Chicago <laughs> sport, I'll probably cover it. Um, I'm glad to be here, fellas. Glad to be here. Man, it's so much that's been going on within this early season, man. And we're going to get to it, too. But we're going to start off, you know, it's been so many games, so many games already. Within this past week, we had to play the Sixers. We had to play the Jazz. We had to play. Who am I missing, fellas? I know it was the Jazz. It was Brooklyn. Well, Boston. We had Boston, um, and I believe we had Washington on Wednesday. Yeah. All right. So we. So the first win we got was these guys right here. C Hayes, man. Tell me what you thought about this win right here, man. Before we get into the footage, man. Your boy that went. He went crazy with the three pointers. What you thought about this game right here, man? I mean, it, it was good to see. It was like the the game where it just all clicked for Zach, and he realized how hot he was, and and he just he he killed it. He played with momentum, played smart, still, even though he took a lot of shots. He was passing the ball, moving the ball well in this one, and uh, you know they were without Joel and B. But overall, I like the play of the team in this game for sure. CJ, man, what'd you think about this win right here, man? It was a collective effort, man. Everybody um played well. Patrick Williams played um played well with 18 points. Um Vooch um did a pretty good job. And, you know, DeMar DeRozan. So everybody pretty much had a collective um effort in, in pulling out this win. They did an excellent job. All right. With that being said, we go you know how we do it open CG. We're gonna get into that footage of that boy Zach, you know, going crazy with the eleven three pointers, man. It was something to see. And it looked that knee is healed. So whoever wanna talk when they pop up. Let's get to it. See, hey, what you got to say, man? What you think of this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just that's just a player understanding the, the, what they need to do and taking care of business, bro. Like, right. I, I love I love the way that the team played in this one. Zach Levine shooting the threes that he did, and then in the third quarter of this game too. I know we haven't made it there with the highlights yet. It was just him and Patrick Williams. Him and Patrick Williams in the third quarter went ahead and sealed that victory for the Bulls, and that was good to see, man. Right. Yeah. It's, it was just cool to see that, that he's looking healthy, man. You know, he started a little bit late, you know, in the early of the season. He might not be an all-star, but this was like his coming out game as far as Zach is being a shooter, a spot-up shooter, man. He's only one of the only players besides Steph Curry that, what, hit 11 threes in the game or 80% yep. from three or something crazy yeah, like that? Yeah, crazy. Only him and Steph. So, CJ, what you think about this right here, man, is this athlete right here? <laughs> man, I just I just can't believe it. They just let him just pretty much pull up and shoot. Zach is one of the best when he pulls up and shoot or when he catches and shoot. Look at him right here. There you go. It's crazy what rhythm can do for a player, man. It's, it looks like the rim is is looking like an ocean right now for him right now. Like, I mean, he's just pulling up, just stepping back. Oh, Look nice. at this. Smack, <laughs> just oh. right in your face, man. There's, there's nothing you can do about that when a guy like that, you know, gets that rhythm and he get uh can spot up like that, right? See, Hayes. Yeah, for sure. I think uh with Zach, I want to see them do more actions like this for Zach. As far as coming off screens, doing catch and shoot, I always say this with Zach. If you run him with like a Rip Hamilton style offense when Rip was in his prime, bro, Zach could be dangerous. That's a dangerous, dangerous guy, man. Yeah. So, and that just makes you think about. You know the the offense style, the style of the offense that uh that Billy Donovan is running because I feel like you, I feel like Zach can do a lot more. I feel like one of his best assets is being a spot up shooter and a dunker. So you feel like do you feel like he's not being utilized like that? Getting around screens and moving around is not utilized enough. Oh, for sure. Like uh 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 Zach Levine coming off of Patrick Williams screen should literally be one of the things that the Bulls run at least five or six times a game, and not necessarily for Zach to shoot either. They're, they're, those two, are your best three-point shooters, they both. Well, Zach can get to the lane a lot. Patrick Williams has a really good three-point shot, the highest three-point percentage on the team. I would love to see them do a little bit more like that. Have Zach come off pin downs, things like that, because when he when he comes off a screen and just ha doesn't have time to think and just shoots it, he's one of the most dangerous players in the league. I totally agree. You said something about Patrick Williams. 
of the same game. What did you think about his play? And we're going to get into the footage, but what did you think about Patrick Williams that game? For, you know, what did you think? Like, wow, like, man, like we've been waiting on this. <laughs> For sure. What Pat is, what Pat is always this, like Pat has as a player that doesn't have much confidence on his own yet. So you have to work in his confidence. And one of the things the Bulls did early in this game as well is they ran, they ran three sets for Patrick Williams early in the game. And they, it was on pick and rolls and pick and pops. They scored on every single one of those possessions. And the reason why is because Patrick Williams right now, we know he doesn't, he doesn't have the aggressiveness that we would like to see from him. You have to kind of force right. him to be aggressive. And when you put him in those type of uh, situations and he, and he has success in it, he's going to play a much better game throughout the rest of the game. And he only took 11 shots in, the, in, in that game, but ended up with 18 points. That's what you need from Patrick Williams. And also six rebounds, two assists. Pat is one of those players that he's a rhythm player. And when you force him to get in rhythm, every part of his game gets better in that way because he doesn't have the most confidence right now. So uh, that's what I like from Pat in that game. Man, very well said. So, CJ, what is sticking out to you the most, you know, on this, on, on this footage right now from, from Patrick Williams? Because this was the game where he didn't necessarily block out uh, Donovan Mitchell, right? This was the after the Cavs game, and he bounced back. So what is sticking out for you on this footage, though? I mean, if you see in most of the footage, you see Patrick Williams is in the corner. But but what he does is that if guys are going to leave him open, he's ready to shoot. And then off another time where he's roaming around in the paint to where he can come off of the screen, either drive to the basket or get his shot. So it's, it's, it's pretty much his positioning on the floor, I think, is what's giving him confidence. Because when they stick him in certain spots, um, he seems to be undecisive sometimes. But when he gets to a certain spot to where he knows he can score, that's where he's more effective at. Yeah, I totally agree. It's just that this game, like he had, like he was juiced up, man. Like he was ready to play. Like he felt like it looked like he felt like he had something to prove that that monumental mistake that he made, even though it was a violation on on Mitchell. Patrick still, Patrick Williams still should have had that rebound. Am I right or wrong, fellas? Um, you mean on the box out? Yeah. 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 So uh, it just was it was crazy to see that 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 situation happened. But I I like what I saw from Patrick this game. I did not expect to see it. Um, I did not expect to see him do this at all. He hasn't pretty much showed us any type of consistency as far as his game, as far as playing like this. So to see this was a, a welcoming sight. Even though the NBA didn't play, you know it was still dope to see Patrick Williams get out there and um, win. And we finally get a win against the uh, against the. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers. But CJ, man, you you know, uh go ahead with your uh pass it to you, man, about these these overlays about this this uh Philadelphia 76ers game, man. Well, I mean, pretty much we pretty much covered it as far as um as far as getting into it. I think it, you guys pretty much broke it all down. Um Zach Levine, 41 points. Um he, he what do you shoot? Eleven or thirteen from the three? So that's very efficient. I think he went fourteen of nineteen from the from the field. So the way that um, Zach was shooting in this game was just um, amazing. I'm just surprised that Philly, Philadelphia didn't contain him as far as, you know, making sure that he didn't get into a rhythm. You cannot let Zach Levine get into a rhythm and knock down shots. He, he's very dangerous when it comes to that. Yeah, so one thing we didn't talk about that same game. Hayes, didn't um, Vooch have a triple-double this game? What do you think about this? And what do you think about us playing through Vooch more? I, I, you got to play through Vooch more because Vooch is not only probably one of the highest IQ basketball players on the court for the Bulls as long as Lonzo's down. He's going to make sure that he gets everybody involved. And when they do that, uh, again, they were able to do it in this game because Embiid didn't play. But when the Bulls are able to play primarily through Vooch, you see almost everybody else has a game. And the scoring's more balanced as well when you, when, when you do that because it, it doesn't allow for the isolation ball. He's just a smart passer, a smart player, even when he doesn't have his own shot going. I trust the way that Vooch is going to distribute the ball. And uh, in this game, you got to see you got to you got to see what Vooch looks like when he's not outmatched. Now, the problem with that is, is that there's a, a lot of defenders that give Vooch problems in the league. But when Vooch is on and you play through him, it, it's, it makes it seem way more dangerous. I totally yeah. agree. It just seems like go ahead. See, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say I completely agree with C. Hayes and C. Hayes to piggyback off of off of the whole thing with Vooch. Um, you know, with the whole with thing not Nazo being on his team, he's your second best passer to me on his team as far as getting running the offense through him. It makes it easier for the rest of the Bulls players to get their shots off and get into an easiest drive of the game. So it, it kinda blows my mind that you have some people out here saying that they want Vooch traded. It just doesn't make any sense to me. You know, you because get that. 
yeah. from from people who don't who just box score watch right and you, you get that from people who literally they see what Vooch did to Orlando and those stats and then they bring it over and they're like well he's not giving us that he must suck and it's like he went from being the first option to a third option which is already going to cut you down a lot then you have two very ball dominant players in Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan but Vooch if you look at it he's been our most consistent player this whole season DeMar's had some big games. Zach's had some big games. But Vooch has been steady the whole season. And that's because he just knows how to go about and pick his spots. And now that he's playing more down low than shooting out on the perimeter, you're just seeing him be a better player overall. Because of exactly. Yeah, I got I, I agree with the we agree with you guys. You know, Vooch has been the most consistent player this whole season. He's hit some big shots late in games that I don't think nobody's really talking about. Some of these wins that we have gotten on that streak that we went through a couple of two games here, three, it was because of Vooch. It was because of Vooch. So, um, yeah, I agree with both of you guys, man. Um, he's been absolutely the most the anchor of this team, especially um, all season, man. I, I got to agree. But, CJ, uh, we're going to get uh, – what? who do we play next, CJ? We got them Utah Jazz, man, and uh, this is the guy that – that you know that's on Utah. <laughs> it seems like he's the number one option on Utah, and he's doing his thing, man. Laurie Marketing. You you remember who Laurie Marketing is, right? Former Chicago Bull, former power forward. So, um, hey, G. Walker, don't you have a clip of Laurie Marketing? Why don't you oh, play that clip? Oh, you know, oh, yeah, we, we gotta get into that. Oh, we're gonna get into it because it was worthy of of um, it was worthy of downloading. <laughs> Here we go, Hayes. I know you saw this, man. I know you saw this, right? <laughs> oh, 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 man. That, and, that, and that's Laurie's second time in his career posterizing Vooch. Last time he did it, he was it was in the Bulls uniform when Laurie still played with us. But uh, Laurie's playing with confidence this year, man. And it just goes to show how when a player gets some confidence under them, how much it changes the game. Because there hasn't, there's not much different about Laurie than when he played with the Bulls, other than he's just riding a level of confidence and he's not getting pulled. He's allowed to work through his mistakes. He's shooting a better percentage. Right. Like, and this is why, like, when people do say, hey, let's give up on Patrick Williams, I'm like, it's going to be Laurie all over again. If Patrick Williams gets some confidence, I'm telling you, he's going to be a monster. But to keep it on Laurie, Laurie's just having an amazing season. And he's it, it's just great to see. And I'm, I'm still a fan of Laurie marketing. It's great to see him playing the way he does. Yeah, CJ, what do you think, man? This was absolutely a, a nuclear jam on Vooch. What you think? You saw this, man. I've always been high on this kid's potential, and and I've always said that teams give up on young players way too soon. Um, Laurie's just a a, a young player with just absolutely great talent. This season alone, he's averaging over 24 points a game for Utah. So um, if he's not an all-star, I would definitely be um, surprised. But the way he's playing, like C. Hayes said, it's, it's all about confidence, man. You look at him, he has a swagger to him. He knows that Utah is is basically built around him, so he's gonna do whatever it takes to get his team to win. And you know what? And I got I agree with both of you guys, man. Laurie has always been the player I rooted for. It's just when he was here, I wanted him to do be a little bit more physical on the defensive end. We all know Laurie can hit threes. We all know Laurie can dunk on people. We all know Laurie can do all that type of stuff that he showed us that game where we played against them the other day. But he faded away in the second half of that game. Am I right or wrong, Hayes? Oh, you're this, right. Cause what I think he scored like wasn't it like 20 points in the first half, and then he only he ended up with 28. Like they they he, a big difference from him. But it wasn't like he started shooting bad either. It's almost like the offense just went away from him. Maybe they were just we were just playing. I don't remember off the top of my head. Maybe it was just the off ball defense was keeping him from getting the ball. But it was a completely quiet second half from him. Yeah, hey, I was completely yeah. shocked. Yeah, go ahead, CJ. Yeah, it was definitely a quiet second half. Um, you know, um, as I'm pulling up the stats here, but they did lead going into the fourth quarter. So the Bulls pretty much um, went on that run in the fourth quarter. Um, Lloyd Marketing was ineffective in the fourth quarter. I don't know who was guarding him. It could have been Patrick Williams. Um, I'm not sure. But, um, you know, the Bulls um, actually, I I don't think we don't have no final score of that game. But the Bulls actually did end up winning the game. So um, the fact that, yeah, there we go. There we go. Thanks, G. Walker. Appreciate you. No problem, sir. Anytime, my brother. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, (laughs) in the fourth quarter, um, the Bulls just ended up pulling away, man. It, um, Vooch, um, I thought, was effective in that in, in the second half. Um, and I thought that, um, you know, they just did what they had to do. It seemed like they just turned on the defensive gear. And it just seemed like they said, okay, Laurie is, is doing his thing. We're going to shut him down. And once they shut him down, it was pretty much um, pretty much it for him. 
Yeah, and I think that this also happened that game on my right or wrong. Both of these guys went for 30 apiece, right? Yep. That's, yes. that's so, Hayes, man, please, what did you think about this? Like, it was it was beyond anything I thought. What did you think about that? This was the game that I said afterwards. This was probably the best I've ever seen Billy Donovan stagger his lineups. Because, yeah, okay. uh, uh, Zach and DeMar both went off, but they had their times, right? There was, there was a, a six-minute period in which Zach Levine was on the bench in this game, and DeMar completely went off. And then when Zach came back in, they played uh, through through Zach again. DeMar still got a couple, uh, got his off as well. But it, I think when you see Billy Donovan and when he staggers DeMar and Zach and Vooch is also uh, gets going and things like that, it can make this team dangerous because then you always have a player that's very different scores, but that's always a threat to go for 30 in, in the game at any given time. And I just, I like Billy's rotations in this one. I like the way that DeMar and Zach both picked their spots. And uh, it was just, it was, it showed how well they can play together, but you just have to do it in a very specific way. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's, they're both two different players. One is a little bit more, has a little bit more burst. He has a little bit more juice. has a little bit more bounce. Uh, he's a little bit more athletic. And that's Zach Levine. But then you have DeMar DeRozan. He's a little bit more refined. He's a little bit more polished. He got a little bit better footwork. He's a little bit more physical. So to see that these two, you know, actually have their both of their games displayed at the maximum of their potential tonight or that night, that was a treat, man. That was the treat. That was really impressive to see. That was really impressive. But CJ, uh, continue, man. <laughs> yeah, man, that was a beautiful, um, beautiful thing for um, Zach and Lamar to um, put up the game that they had, pretty much giving the Bulls the victory. But um, next up, we got the um, Boston Celtics. Oh, Brooklyn? Um, um, no, this is Boston. This is Boston. This is, um, I believe, this is the Monday game. So I thought we um, played Brooklyn first. No, we played Brooklyn last week. Brooklyn was before the Philly game. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, <laughs> this game in Boston, um, this was a tough one for the Bulls. Um, this was pretty much was a tough one. Um, going to the going to the end of the first quarter, this was a score twenty five to twenty eight. Um, Jason Tatum to me, I thought came out. Uh, I thought him and I thought him and Jalen Brown was pretty much um getting their turns off and scoring. Um, you know, so I, I just think it was at times I thought the Bulls had him at times in the first quarter, but then you start to see um Jason Tatum pretty much, you know, pick his spots on the floor, hit his shots. Jalen Brown started go, you know, going to the basket, being a little bit physical with the Bulls and start getting to the line a little bit. So I thought Boston controlled that first quarter. Um G Walker, what did you think about it? Uh, the first quarter, man, you know, it's always a test of who's going to come out swinging or who's going to come out slow. And it was almost an even game Um, at the first quarter. You know, it just was you just waiting to see who's going to, you know, the Bulls have all season have shown inconsistency, whether we losing by a lot in the first quarter or losing by a little in the first quarter. So to see that us that we were uh down by three, you know, that kind of gave me hope that we will beat them again for the third time. So, Hayes, what do you think about this first quarter so far? The first quarter in this game was it, – it was cool. It was a mixed bag. I think both teams were trying to fill each other out, trying to set the tone defensively. I think the Boston Celtics had the more consistent defensive effort in this game overall, and that's why they ended up winning. The Bulls were, were, were sloppy in the, in the first half, I think, in the total defensively in this game. And they, they brought it back up, but I think it was a little too late at that point, plus we lost DeMar in that. But in that first quarter, I like the, I liked the way that they battled back and forth. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, and with the um DeMar did have an injury. Um, as we pulled it up, um you see him down laying down. I, I believe it was a quad injury, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And yeah. what what's kind of crazy about this is that um DeMar did say that he's been dealing with this injury for the last eight games. Now I wanna I wanna get um um C Hayes, I wanna get your opinion on that, and G Walker, I wanna get your opinion on that. What you think about that statement right there about DeMar DeRose? Like, Excuse me, DeMar DeRozan, that he's been dealing with this injury for the last eight games. I think it, I think it kind of makes sense when you see DeMar at, at times over the last eight games prior to this, he was deferring. He didn't shoot the best percentages in some games. And some games it just seemed like he didn't have – he wasn't his usual self. Not that he was bad, but he just wasn't his usual self. So once he said, I've been dealing with this for eight games, like, oh, that, that, makes, that makes some sense in what we've been seeing here lately. And it's 
at least it, it coincided with Zach stepping his game up, right? Because Zach's been steadily improving and getting more comfortable right. into the line over the last eight games. Mm-hmm. So it, it was good that those two things kind of overlapped, especially now with DeMar being out. But, you know, DeMar's a warrior. And even DeMar missing the last game, and they've already ruled him out uh, tonight, I know that kills him and hurts him because DeMar will play through anything. But uh, for him That's to be true. playing through that hamstring <laughs> energy, uh, uh, injury for eight games, just to me, just shows how important it is for him to – for him to try to win and and to write this shit that the Bulls have gotten off to so far this season. Yeah, it's it sucks, man. But you also want to see what the other guys are capable of, because a person like because a person like me have always said that Demar he kind of holds on to the ball a little bit too long. He doesn't always make the initial pass in the corner to Patrick Williams or uh, Caruso, or whoever. Uh, so I wanted to see what Patrick Williams could do and step up in this game. What Ayo can do and step up in this game. What Russo could do. They all could step up in this game and see what they could do without having the safety net of DeMar DeRozan in the game. Um, so this injury, you know, as bad as it seems, at least it happened now, you know, before the all-star break or in really, really important games uh, that we're going to need him to have, have need to have him down the road in the end of the season. And, uh, but I also just wanted to see what Patrick Williams and all those other guys can do. And they, um, I know they left a lot to be desired. What you think about that A's? When he went down, did anybody step up? nobody except Zach Levine. Zach's put the team on his back in that fourth quarter uh, and tried to try to win that game. And he did not get any help at all. And that's one of the biggest concerns in this uh, with this team is that the bet on continuity that AK made, I understood it, but it, that meant that you are expecting Io or Patrick Williams to make a considerable step up to the next level. Neither one of them have. And not, not that I'm down on either one of them. I think they're still going to be good players over the course of their career, but they need to realize the moment and they need to realize that okay with DeMar out it got to be through committee and the fact that Zach didn't really get much help down the stretch of that game that's why we ended up losing against Boston I totally agree go ahead CJ and I was thinking too as far as those two those two young guys in particular Kobe White and, and Patrick Williams and even even Io they have to pick and they, they it seemed like they walk around eggshells sometimes when they want to pick and choose to take over a game and do that. You know, they, they have capabilities of doing that through confidence. But um, sometimes when you do see a player that's down that you pretty much rely on a lot, you know, are you going to step up to the challenge and, and take that necessary role and say, okay, um, DeMar DeRozan just went down with this injury. Let me start playing more aggressive and let me start, you know, seeing how, what I can do to help this team. You know, they want to see the young guys do that more, but, whether those guys yeah. are there or not. But yeah, but that's that. That's also because you have to see what they are without Demar being there, whether he's yeah. injured or not. If your team is going to grow, then you having a guy like Demar Derozan, a guy that's pretty much demanding the ball. You know what I mean? He's an ISO player at his core. How are these guys going to learn how to play without Demar if Demar is is on the court? Do you understand what I'm saying? Hey, does that make any sense to you as far yeah, as growth? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I'm, and. and... That's the thing is that that's where you have to have a stronger minded coach. Right. And Billy right. Donovan is, I think, the one that's failing these guys, because I know it's easy. And a lot of people say, mm. well, how are they how are they supposed to grow if you have DeMar and Zach and they're and they uh are, they handle the ball a lot and things like that. They're volume scorers. But to me, we saw DeMar DeRozan still facilitate and help other young players grow when he was in San Antonio. You know what they have? They have Coach Pop there. So that's a good think, point. <laughs> I think I think you there, there's more than enough shots to go around and you, you just have to have the mindset of, OK, these this is when I'm going to try to get these players going. This is when I'm going to give them an opportunity to try to grow their game. And Billy Donovan doesn't do that. Billy Donovan just relies heavily on Zach, DeMar and Vooch to really lead everything. Everybody else right. kind of has to get in where they fit in. And it's hurting in the sense of development of the younger players, I feel. DJ, and, and that's something that we talked about as far as like Billy Donovan. And, uh, you know, his his rotations and everything like that. So just speak on that before you get into your next overlay, man. And just speak on Billy Donovan as far as not using his 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 kitchen or using his his weapons as, as to their max potential as he should as far as growing these young players and, uh, you know, like that. I, I was going to piggyback what Hayes just said because he brought up a yep. good point. Yep. Because the whole thing with Billy Donovan, when they hired him, they said the biggest thing that he does is developing players. So when you hear C. Hayes say what he just said, that's kind of concerning because that's kind of a 180 to what they brought you in for. If you're relying on three guys, if you're relying on three players to pretty much um, get your young guys up and you know developing and up and moving as far as getting them the confidence to get their own shots, well, that kind of is taken off for what they brought you in for. So to me, when I hear C. Hayes say that, 
it's kind of concerning because you're starting to see that trend to where he is deferring to DeMar, Vooch, and Zach. Those were the three players that were called out pretty much um, when that game in Minnesota happened, when they gave up 150 and when they played. Yeah. Games. Yeah, it's coming down to coaching, man. And, you know, it's just that, you know, you know, Billy Donovan, he's he's a limited coach. And he has a whole set of players. He, he might have the, one of the best guard rotations in the in the NBA. See, uh, say, see, hey, what do you think about that? We got Caruso. We got uh, Io. Uh, we got Rodgers, you know what I mean? Do you think that he's using his point guards, you know, letting them run the show like he should? Or he's, like you say, he's just depending on Zach DeMar and Vooch a little bit too much, and it's not helping. The only point guard he lets operate as an actual point guard as far as setting up offense, a traditional point guard, I should say, is Gorn. That's it. Like, everybody else kind of got to fit, get in, uh, get theirs in where they can. He doesn't know, He doesn't have the point guard that he trusts to, like, run the half-court offense. It's really DeMar and now Vooch uh, lately more so running the half-court offense. And so when you don't have a point guard that knows how to distribute the ball, knows how to pick rhythm, even even and even when he had Lonzo. Lonzo didn't run the half-court offense a lot, and I do think that that's right. to the detriment sometimes. So I definitely would like to see him do that a little bit more. All right, CJ. So what we see here in this overlay, man? What's what's going on right here, C? Well, that was the end of the third quarter, and as um as you guys said that the Bulls ended up um, losing this game on um, 107 to 99. Um, you could just tell that that Boston just pretty much had a defensive mindset to pretty much um you know stop those big three from doing what they needed to do, and it was kind of surprising because um you know I thought the Bulls had plenty of opportunities to win this game. Yeah, they but did. It just it just seemed like you know, it seemed like Jason Tatum was at a whole nother level. Um, knew exactly what to do. Knew exactly um how to score. It seemed like um Jalen Brown played aggressive. Seemed like he attacked the Bulls head on. Put his shoulder down. Um, went to the three throw line a lot. You know, pretty much. So it just seemed like Boston had a game plan to play the Bulls physical, and that and that at times gives the Bulls problems when you have teams that come in and play them physical and the Bulls don't have a good reaction to that. Right. Right, because we almost won this game, but old, old reliable Al Horford had to be in the corner to hit that three that went in and it went out, man. That disgusted me. Yeah, and here it is right here. He's As you can see in this play, Vooch was caught in a bad spot because Vooch had to eventually guard who I think this is Grant Williams. So you see Zach Levine was over here right now, but before that play happened, that wasn't the case. Grant Williams was over here in this area, and Vooch had to guard either Al or him. So nobody didn't really take Grant Williams, and it just left let um Al Horford wide open. Yeah. So, Hayes, man, old reliable Horford, man. Did you think he was going to make this shot, bro? Oh, man, listen. When it comes to Al Horford wide open, I always trust, no matter how crazy it looks, I always trust him to go in. He's just, just a right. veteran player making veteran plays. Yeah. But all right. Um, next up, we got the um, Washington Wizards. Um, this was the game from Wednesday. So, first quarter, Bulls had a pretty much a thirty-one to twenty-five point lead. Now, um, well, my my thoughts on this first quarter. Is that it? It seemed like the Bulls were a little bit more focused, and and I was I wasn't quite sure how they were going to come out in this first quarter, but it, it seemed like they had a little bit more pep in their step in this first quarter defensively. So um, I mean that was my whole um, my whole take on it. How was they going to come out defensively against this um against this Washington Wizards team? Because again um, um Kyle Kuzma has been a problem for the Bulls. And um, you know, with the other players that they have on the, um, on Washington as well, but he's been the main guy that's been giving the Bulls the problem. So, um, um, G. Walker, as far as this first quarter, yes, sir. do you think, as far as defensively for the Bulls, defensively, what did you think about this um this first quarter? I ended up was watching the beginning of this game. It just seemed like they were just playing at a, at a, at a good tempo. Uh... You know, they was kind of playing a little bit better defense. You know, you know, the ball goes in, some teams miss, you know, in the beginning of the first quarters. It is what it is. You know, it's 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 you could tell who could probably win a game at the beginning of a um of a game. First quarter, you could kind of tell. And this looked like based off them having not having Bradley Bill, them not having Porzingis. And Hayes, who else was missing this game? I know it's Porzingis, it was it was it was Bill, somebody else, Bradley Bill, somebody else I'm missing, but they were missing it. a 
Yeah, and Gafford. They were missing a couple of their top guys. So I'm looking at it like 31-25. You know, they're missing their top three guys. We might actually win this game. But proceed, see? <laughs> Man, second quarter. Um the Bulls um second oh quarter. Oh my god. See, they um they they stretched out that lead, man. They stretched it out. Um it was 50 59 to 46. So, um they did a, a um outstanding job in that second quarter. And you know, they held they held the um they held that team to what was it? Um night um 21 points. So, yeah. you know, they uh, again, man, defensively the Bulls came out and played, you know, good defensively, man, but I keep stressing defense because we go to the third quarter. What the hell happened? <laughs> Woo! Go back to that other. Uh, go back to the previous overlay. The lead uh -huh. we had. Uh huh. That's that. What's that? A thirteen point lead. That's a thirteen point lead. Now the Bulls and go back 16. to the other one. <laughs> they let sixteen in that third quarter until this happened. Oh man, Hayes, man, what do you think about this right here, bro? A thirteen point lead to being down seven at the end of the third, man. What the hell happened? The like the team a the Bulls went on a I think it was like a six to eight minute scoring drive. I know the the Wizards went on a twenty to five run, and literally the whole every bucket on that run, I'm just like, man, what are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? The defense was terrible. The the rotations out to the three point line were terrible. Um, and neither team shot an overall good percentage from the from the field, but the Bulls just could not hit a shot for long stretches of time. And then on the other side of the ball, when they when they got down to the offense and set up their offense. People were just missing wide open shots. Like Zach Levine should have had 11 <laughs> assists in this game. There were so many wide open shots missed. The contested shots, okay, you're going to hit some of those, you're going to miss some of them. But the wide open shots that were missed by Patrick Williams, Iota Subu, Alice Caruso, right. Kobe White, right. all of them just missed some wide open shots. Yeah. And you're just looking at, like, how do you get paid to play basketball and you can't hit a shot wide open? That's mm. crazy. <laughs> and then the thing that frustrated me too so bad is that as many wide open shots as they missed, the way that if you just hit two of those wide open shots, you win the game. That's yeah. it. Facts. Facts. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> Ugly stuff, right, CJ? Yeah, man. Um, completely. But in the fourth quarter, um, it was pretty much pretty much both teams I thought struggling in the fourth quarter. And um, as y'all can oh, see, we, oh, we got oh, I got something we got to do before we get to the final part of the game. Oh, go ahead. Can I please yeah. interject? Please. Yes. yes, you can. Bruh. This might not be the most clear picture, but what the hell was Zach thinking right here? We're down three, and you shoot up for a two, hoping to get a foul. Hayes, please walk me through this stupid-ass play. Zach Levine <laughs> needs to eat some Wheaties. I don't know. Like, what? what's something that helps brain development? Maybe he needs to go back and get some damn Similac. I don't know. Like, the <laughs> fact that you have two players that are open in that. Go, go back to that real quick. Oh, you all, right, all right, hold on. <laughs> Either Vooch or Caruso, which Caruso's been shooting horrible. So I can understand if you don't trust Caruso shooting. Vooch has hit every big shot that he's gotten so far almost in this season. You have yes. two players that you could have went to. And I understand it. Most of that game, it was Zach. If it wasn't for Zach playing the way that he was, we wouldn't even been in position to win that game. So I understand wanting it. But there's no, when you're down by three, even if you think you're going to get the foul, I don't know if he's been watching DeMar too much. You're not DeMar DeRose. You don't get to the line that often. Like, it was Facts. just, it was literally just, I don't know. It was terrible basketball. That was just a bad decision. Because Caruso, CJ Caruso is right there. Right? Yeah. And Boots got his hand up. Like, tell me, man, how did you feel about when you saw this 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 crap, this BS, this bullshit right here? What did you, how did you feel, man? Just, it, it, it comes back to immaturity. And it comes back to can Zach Levine actually lead a team? Because, you know, the thing is. Totally agree. I don't know what he was thinking here. And to me, I think what the Bulls got to stop doing, and, and we see this a lot from them, they always crying and looking for fouls. You know, they just, you know, and it, it seemed like it's a trending thing over the last several games. They don't get called for a foul. They cry a lot. They do this a lot. And I, and I get it. The referees do miss some calls. But for him to take this shot thinking he was going to he was gonna get the foul, was just, it's just, it just screams stupidity to me. Yeah, uh, what I saw, I saw a guy that didn't, you know, I'm always, I'm a, I'm a big pass, you know, the initial pass guy. Pass the ball initially. When you go up and you you should know IQ, I got this guy on me, I got Taj right here. Somebody's open on the other side of his wing, whether it's the mid wing or the, or, the, or the corner. Zach should have passed this goddamn ball. And this is why people are questioning him, is he a $200 million player or is he a max player? This is where Billy Donovan has to design a little bit more. He is not DeMar. 
You know what I mean? And so he's it's bad habits. You should have passed to Caruso. He's wide open. And the guy ended up fouling him, but they didn't call it. And he was standing there like, yo, why you ain't give me a foul? Why you ain't give me a foul? He hit me. Like, dude, like you blew the game. Like we worked our butt off to even get it close to this game that we should have won initially. And you come and you shoot a two pointer? Come on, man. Like, that's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. One of the worst players I've seen him do this season. And he has a few th- playing with the Bulls in his career. Yeah, so. pretty much. Pretty much. That's why they lost um 100 to 97. You know, um, it's just it's it's just a bad it's just a bad call on his part. You know, and Billy Donovan. I even think Billy Donovan said something about the play call. I was trying to actually look for that statement, but I couldn't um couldn't find it. But yeah, man, it was just it was just very bizarre. Is what it was. Yeah, man. So Hayes, man, what did you think about this game right here, man? Like, it was crazy. We should have won, man. Right. It was frustrating. It was crazy. It sucks. It shows why, like, just it, it highlighted almost every issue with this team. Zach Levine's as great as he played throughout the game. Like I said, I, he gets kudos for that. The low basketball IQ. I.O. Patrick Williams not stepping up. Vooch didn't even step up. And we just needed, we just needed some two shots. That's the thing that drives me so crazy about this yeah. game. This it two wide open shot. Come on, fam. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a fun game to watch. Overall, especially down the stretch of the way Zach Levine played, but man, they shouldn't have even been in that position. This is a game that you should have went into and won, and Zach should have been sitting down in the fourth quarter because we had to. We should have saw Dale and Terry in this game. Is how I feel about the way that game should have went. I totally agree. Agree. But yeah, so you know, CJ, man, what we seeing right here? We got the OG Kendall Gill and this guy up here, which I don't, that's another subject for another day. Well, but what what we got going on right here? I mean, the whole thing is what I want to highlight is look at the record, nineteen and thirteen. Uh, excuse me, nineteen twenty three. Excuse me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the Bulls did did have a stretch where they was winning. What they won like what um what was it um nine Six. In the last thirteen games or something like that. So now to see that they're kind of going backwards again, you know, are they ever going to get over that hump to pretty much get themselves? Because I want the Bulls to get to the sixth spot. By the end of the year, I want them to be in that mm. six spot. I don't want them to be in the play-in. So can they get over this hump as far as them being in this 10th spot and the way they're playing, it still hasn't happened yet. I agree, man. Let's proceed, though. All right, all right. Well, hey, um, before we proceed, um, we're going to um, tell Hayes um, we appreciate him being on the show. He has to leave. Hayes, we appreciate you, bro, for um, coming through. For giving uh, us your knowledge and giving us um, the far as breakdown in these games. We appreciate you, brother, for that. Anytime, fellas. Thanks for the invite, man, and I'll catch you guys again soon. All right. And before you get up, and where can everybody find you, Hayes, before you get out of here, man? You can follow me at CEO Hayes, the CEO H A I Z, on every social media platform. If you want to check out my show, it's uh, Chicago Bull Central um, on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere. You can check me out there. All right. That's our boy, Hayes. Thank you for blessing us with your presence, brother. Um, enjoy your weekend, man. Anytime, fam. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. All right. But, uh, but G. Walker, let's, um, we got a couple of, um, a couple of, of um, trade quotes. Or, or, or Actually, before we do that, I'm, actually, before we do that, I'm sorry. This is the um, next games that the Bulls actually have on the schedule. As y'all can see, they got the, um, the, the, um, the, the Oklahoma Thunder. City Thunder, excuse me, y'all. Yeah. Oklahoma City Thunder couldn't <laughs> get that out on Friday. Um, you can see they got Golden State um coming up on Sunday, the fifteenth, and then we got the game in Paris, man. That that game in Paris that we was talking about at the beginning of the season. It is January nineteenth, um, two p.m. Central Time. So, um, those are the next games coming up. But um, let's get into a couple um a couple of trade talks. G Walker, was this a trade talk or was this a statement? What's going uh, on this was this was um this was uh, coming from a um Eastern Conference executive on a potential Bulls trade, um you know it's um about Patrick Williams his name's constantly being brought up this season, um about trades does along with a lot of people but you know so you just got to understand that this is part of the NBA and players get moved all the time, and Patrick you know is one of the people that um that's always coming up a trade talk but it says there has been a lot of interest in Patrick Williams at Chicago and the Bulls have not wanted to go that route. But if you had the package built around Robinson and Nuk- Nuklea Nikola Vucic, Jokic and maybe Max Struss, 
who the Bulls always regretted letting get away, plus a first-round pick with the direction Chicago was going in something. Something like that is is a starting point. Um, trading Patrick Williams. See, we have to we have to establish what are we doing with this Bulls team? Are we rebuilding or are we competing for playoff spots? So, CJ, what do you think about this quote about trading Patrick Williams? Is, is it too soon, or are you like, you know what? I'm throwing my hands up with him. I'm done. You know what, G Walker? Um, I have thought about this probably the last couple of days, bro. It this can go two ways. This this can really go two ways, bro. The way that things are going right now, um, they 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 could be a shakeup. You know, they could just tear it all down. And um, I'm what I'm saying this is that they can uh, potentially they could potentially trade Zach Levine. They could potentially trade Demar Derozan. They could bring in some young pieces and put it around Patrick Williams. That's that's one way. Um, another way is they can just. You know, trade a couple of um, couple of players that maybe are not getting the playing time. Maybe like a Kobe White, um, maybe like a Alex Caruso. You know, they can they can get you know some things going there. But the whole the whole thing is is that you know I don't see them trading Patrick Williams. The reason why I don't see them trading Patrick Williams is is is, is this: the kid has two, the kid is your best defensive player on the team. We've seen this kid come in and pretty much not shut down but slow down what you know best players on, on the other team so when you got a guy like that you just don't give him up as far because he don't give you 20 points a game look he just got a rebound with one hand he got the rebound with one hand so <laughs> you know this is a guy i've seen this guy do a had a block with his palm he blocked right. the ball with a palm you know, right, he so blocked that block I, on Aiden, yeah. Right, so I don't understand why why people are so infatuated with, with 20 and 30 per game scores because if you can't play defense, that shit don't matter. And Patrick Williams has proved that when he's confident enough, when he's good enough, he can play defense. You know, so this guy is very capable of, of being a good player. And the thing is, is that with young players, I keep saying this, you have to give them time to develop. You have to get the – everybody is not LeBron James. Everybody can't come in their rookie season and put up 20 and then and then start just going off for the rest of their career. It's not – you know, it doesn't go down like that. So when you got guys that are fourth picks and fifth picks in a draft who really don't come out and, and start off going good right away, you got to give them time. I, I think personally it will be a mistake for them to trade Patrick Williams. I, I really do. Because the whole thing with Laurie Marketing was is that Laurie Marketing could not play defense. That was part of the um the issue and the problem what they had with him. We know he can score, but his whole thing is he wasn't a defender being seven foot and he wasn't aggressive enough. Patrick Williams has showed you at this particular time of his career that he can be both. So I don't understand the whole this whole trade scenario with throwing Patrick Williams' name in there. I really don't. Yeah, man, it's just coming down to what, you know, the inconsistency of Patrick Williams, his, his lack of aggressiveness, you know, and it's going to look, it's going to only get worse because DeMar isn't in the lineup right now. And, you know, mm -hmm. a person like me who've always advocated that DeMar has to move in order for Patrick Williams to be who we really think he is, DeMar shouldn't be on this team going forward. And we saw a small sample of that against uh, the team we just played with the Washington Wizards. Mm -hmm. Where was Patrick Williams, man? Where was he at? And that's and that's something that's gonna keep coming up. And it's just like, dude, you you you're healthy this season. You know, you trained with Demar in the off season. You know, everything is going in your favor for you to kind of just step up and be that that guy for the future for the Chicago Bulls. So he's gonna be under the microscope these next few games without Demar, and he can't hide no more. He cannot hide. So right. Patrick right. Williams, man, as much as we don't want you to be traded, you know, th th this is uh, AK's first pick, his number four pick, his first pick of being the the president of operations, he doesn't want to let him go, I'm sure. But the fan base is looking like, yo, what are we getting? One one, one game you give us 10 and, and 5 and 5, and then you give us 6 points. Then one game you give us 18, 6, and 2 blocks and 2 steals. Like, what is the problem? You know what I mean? And DeMar's not in the lineup, so it's like, dude, you should be attacking and going crazy. There's nobody physically maybe outside of a, well, maybe a LeBron or a Kawhi. Just his build alone gets Patrick Williams places that certain players can't get because they're not physical enough to do what he does. And you know what, though, G-Walker? You know what I think it is, too, man? 
you cannot be you cannot be afraid to make a mistake, and that's part of it's the true. problem too. You know, uh, even when you see it with Patrick Williams at times, he don't he don't attack the ball because he's afraid he's gonna get it stripped. He doesn't go to the basket because he's afraid he's gonna get a charge. This is the NBA, bro. You you're gonna make mistakes. It is all about how you correct those mistakes as the game moves along and how you get better as the game moves along. You know, so with him, he has to get confidence out here to say, okay, DeMar DeRozan is not going to be playing. I got to step up my game. I got to come out here and make shots. I got to come out here and play defense to, to, to get the team going as far as being in a better position. So it's all about him having the mental mindset. All of this is mental. Like I said, again, has nothing to do with physical ability, has nothing to do with, you know, it, you know, is he strong enough, is he whatever. He has all those tools. It's a mental thing with Patrick Williams that he has to get over. He has to get that mental block out of his head as far as am I going to make a mistake? If I do this move, is it going to get stuck? Is it going to get picked off? Is You know, what's going to happen? He has to stop thinking so much and just play. That's it. I agree, man. And, and and Patrick Williams is going to be under the microscope, you know, especially with DeMar going now. So hopefully he gives us more positive games and negative games. But we're going to move on to another player I found that this has been going on the last couple of days about Alex Caruso, man. He hasn't been really giving us – Nothing, man. Um, Alex Caruso could be traded before the deadline. Caruso will likely net the Bulls a big trade package in return, which I doubt. Caruso is considered expendable with Ayo DeSumo's development and Kobe White's improvement on the defensive end. This is per the ringer. Alex Caruso for James Wiseman is a good deal. CJ, is this a good deal, man? Like, the guy that's in Golden State, the center, he's not even playing. Like, they could have just kept that out of there. They could have just, you know what I mean? So, what do you think about this one, man? This is crazy. I definitely wouldn't mind trading Caruso, but I don't know about James. James, why? Yeah, what do you think? You're not, first of all, let's, 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 cut, let's cut the bull. You're not, you're not going to get Alex Caruso for James Wiseman. You even not, you're not going to even get him if you trade a first-round pick for him. Um, and the reason why I say that is, yes, Jay's Wiseman is not, right now, the way he's looking so far, he's not looking like a top three overall pick. I get it. I, I really do. But it's, it's all about what the player is worth. And right now, I don't think you trade James Wiseman to a, to a Chicago Bulls team for Alex Caruso. It just doesn't make sense. But going back to Caruso, um, it, it's all about, you know, at the same time, can Alex stay healthy, man? And, and the thing is, um, G. Walker, it, he just has not been healthy over the last couple seasons. It's been times where he's gotten injured. He's been out. You know, it was a, you know he was out six months with that injury that was caused by, by, by that jackass, um, Grayson Allen, <laughs> in, in, um, in yeah. Milwaukee. So, yeah. you know, it's like the thing with Alex Caruso is that can he stay healthy? And also with him is confidence, too, because at times Alex Caruso will pass up wide open shots. You know, and at times he will miss wide open shots. So with him as well, it's all about his confidence too. Because sometimes when you do get hurt, it's all about a rhythm. Alex Caruso is a rhythm player. So if he's in the rhythm, if he starts playing well, he's going to play well. Once he get out of rhythm, it's going to take him a long time to get back into rhythm. And that's with a lot of these players. You know, so they have to find other ways to, to affect the game if the shot's not going down. But we have not really seen that from Alex Caruso on the defensive side neither. So I don't, I really don't know what's going on with him. Um, they paid this guy nine million dollars a year, and right now he's not, you know, for what his contract is worth, for what they brought him in for, he's really not looking like that type of player. I don't know what's going on with him. Yeah, he's just, he's just, we just, he's just been ran through the ringer, man. Um, you know, playing with the Lakers and you know doing a lot of heavy lifting, man. A lot was expected of him on the defensive end. And that's pretty much what he can give you, but it seems like he hasn't been doing that well at all. Um, and he's not really been shooting the ball like we want him to, at least for the, the shots that he should take if he's open enough to take them. So um, this trade right here, I don't like this trade at all. Uh, Wiseman, no, no. Because what is Wiseman going to do here that he's doing in, in Golden State? And if he was really so good, why does Golden State won't even want to get rid of him? Um, this is probably tied to uh, – Steve Kerr, there's a there's a meme going around. Steve Kerr wants Alex Caruso, and he saw him when they played uh, the Bulls and all that. So Kerr wants a championship guy, and he thinks that uh, uh, Caruso is a, is a championship guy. So this is probably what that's coming from, you know, but I would not trade. I don't know, man. I would not trade, especially Kobe White and um and, and DeSumo for, for Wiseman. Like, why the hell would you do that? That is stupid. Yeah, it's just it's just not. I mean, Golden State is 
I mean, for Golden State, that would be a good trade for them because they'll get rid of a, a rookie that, you know, they feel like, you know, that's oh, not a rookie, but a, a young player that they feel like is just not, you know, some reason he's either injury prone or he's just not getting it. Who knows? Um, you know, but at the same time, you know, AK is not going to do a trade that doesn't make sense. And, and, and it's like, if you're going to trade three guys, you got to get something back, you know, because now you're not going to have a guard. If you trade, though, if you trade, um, um, Io and you trade Alistair Russo, the only guard you're gonna have is Gordon Dragic. So it just it just doesn't make sense. But I, I just don't see that happening, in my honest opinion. Yeah, go ahead, CJ. Go. Ahead. Yeah, I just yeah I I just don't see that happening, in my honest opinion. But um, other than that, man, that's pretty much all what we covered. We covered the um, we covered the Philadelphia 76ers. We covered the Utah Jazz. <laughs> We covered the um, Boston Celtics, and we covered the um, the Washington Wizards. The Bulls do have a game tonight against the um, the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, and they they got they, the the same Golden State team is coming in on Sunday, and then we got that game um that game in in, in, in Paris, man. So we got um some stuff, some pretty interesting games coming up. It's gonna be interesting. Laurie Marketing, yeah, um he's definitely gonna be an All Star this year. So we got a lot of stuff going on and um within the next um couple of days. But um other than that, man, I think that's pretty much um pretty much it for this. Unless G Walker got anything else to say, um that pretty much is gonna wrap it up for this show. Um now that's it for me too as well, man. It's been a great show. Shout out to our boy Hayes of uh Chicago yeah, Bulls Central, Chicago Bear Central, locked on Bulls, you know what I mean? Chicago Bulls fan club page from Facebook. You know, if you like this video and you like this content, please share it. Please like it. And please give us a follow on the CNG Podcast page on Facebook. We're also on Twitter. We're also on YouTube. And we're on Instagram. So I don't have nothing else. My partner, CJ, don't have nothing else. Have a good weekend, CJ. Have a good weekend to our listeners and our followers too, and our watchers and everything like that. And go Bulls. We need to get this win tonight. And that's it for me. CJ, you got anything else, brother? I ain't got nothing else to say, man. Hopefully Bulls get this win. Other than that, y'all have a good weekend, man. Get out the house, have some fun, man. God bless.